Remember to check out episode 18 with Don Miller. He goes through all of the new technology and how the future of ocean freight is all about visibility. This is Two Babes Talk Supply Chain, where we interview the top supply chain professionals in the industry. You will learn about the best practices, changes in the industry, and hot topics in supply chain. We answer all your questions and put the sexy into your supply chain. We are your hosts, Sarah and Nick. and welcome to Two Babes Talk Supply Chain. Nick and I are so excited to share with you our next guest, Lauren Behrens Wu. She is CEO and co-founder of Shippo, the shipping platform that connects businesses with a global network of shipping carriers to print labels, track packages, and more. Behrens Wu co-founded Shippo after personally experiencing the obstacles businesses face when setting up their shipping operations for her own e-commerce business. So welcome, Laura. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Awesome. So today we're talking about shipping and e-commerce. It's one of the most talked about topics. And your journey into this space is so interesting. Can you tell us what happened and how Shippo got started? Yeah, so I started this company roughly three years ago. Um, I moved to San Francisco. I got a job at um, a payments company. And at that time, I was really interested in, like, e-commerce in general. So I wanted to build my own little e-commerce store. I set up my site. I used Shopify for that. And Shopify uses Stripe for payments. Like, the entire experience was really smooth, and I loved it. And... I also did marketing on Facebook, on Instagram, and then orders started coming in. So everything went really well until like the orders were there, and I suddenly needed a way to get my items to the um, customers. So that was the big break from online to offline. Beforehand, everything happened online, and suddenly I had a physical piece that I needed to move. And I didn't really know how to tackle that. I couldn't find um, an easy or intuitive tool to use. I walked to the USPS store, um, couldn't really get good answers over there. Like people were in line behind me impatient. And yeah, I also tried UPS, FedEx. There's just no one place where I could compare all different shipping rates or just automate the process. There was a lot of friction. Pricing was rather intransparent and hard to understand. And um, technology was also not like what I was expecting. Like, given the Shopify and the Stripe experience, I was expecting easier to use technology. So that was the first time I ever thought about shipping. Um, I never realized shipping was that much of a problem. And I've learned a lot in between. So we started this company three years ago. We're 45 people now, all working out of our San Francisco office. And it's been interesting to find out that I wasn't the only one struggling with that problem. A lot of other e-commerce stores um, smaller ones and bigger ones as well, are facing the same challenges. So shipping most of the time isn't the core of their business. Um, they want to spend more time building their own e-commerce stores, doing more marketing, curating more products. And uh, shipping is something that just needs to work. And at the same time, e-commerce customers are expecting free and fast shipping because retailers like Amazon, Amazon and Amazon Prime have taught them that shipping should be free and shipping should be immediate. And a lot of the other e-commerce stores, they just can't follow suit. So that's, that's kind of the, the, um, 
the origin story and the space that we're in today. Yeah, exactly. And the shipping is all a part of that customer, like online customer experience. So let's go over some stats. Um, We all know that this is only the beginning of e-com, but currently large retailers are shipping. They're shipping like 100,000 shipments a week and 11 to 20% of all their revenue is coming from online sales. So how does Shippo help SMEs with only, like they only have five to 20 deliveries a week, let's say when they're starting out, things like that. How do you help them compete with this kind of volume? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So a lot of our customers are just starting out. They're doing low-volume shipping. And at that time, they don't really qualify for any kinds of shipping discounts. The interesting thing about these big retailers shipping hundreds of thousands of packages a week is that with that sort of scale and that sort of um, leverage, they're able to go to the shipping providers and negotiate their own rates. So what we do is, in addition to the technology we provide, we connect our customers um, to discounted shipping rates. So we negotiate with our aggregated volume on behalf of our customers. And whoever is interested in these discounts can tap in and start shipping with like, better rates right, right at the very beginning. So even with five deliveries a week or even one delivery a week, you can, you can get access to these kinds of discounts through us. And the SMB market is actually bigger than people would expect. So like the SMB market, especially because of the rise of um, great platforms like Shopify or Magento or BigCommerce, in 2015 was a $100 billion, $100 billion space, and it's growing roughly 15% year over year. Wow. That's incredible. I, I just got to clarify one little thing. Could you just explain to our listeners what SME is, just in case they don't know? So small, small and mid-sized businesses. So um, these are not a huge e-commerce stores, but um, people just getting started, people shipping 50 packages a week. Um, yeah, small and mid-sized. Excellent. Um, my question is, more and more people are shopping online. So where are the biggest challenges retailers face when it comes to delivery and online orders? Yeah, um, that's another great question because people don't typically think about shipping until they have to. It's something that people think about last. Uh, But shipping is essential to e-commerce. You can't run an e-commerce store without using a shipping provider. Um, So the challenge here is, in my opinion, mostly that big retailers are changing the expectations around shipping. They're the driving force there. So an example here is that Amazon Prime, for instance, they've really changed the game in terms of what e-commerce customers want to see as their shipping experience. They want free shipping. They want fast shipping. Amazon Prime only takes two days. Sometimes they even expect overnight shipping. And um, these are the kinds of shipping options that most mm-hmm. mid-sized retailers, mid-sized e-commerce stores can't offer. Um, so when there is a mismatch in terms of customer, customer expectations and what the mid-sized uh, e-commerce store can offer, like, customers end up buying at another place. They end up buying at, on e-commerce sites where they can see, where they, where they can get offered free shipping or faster shipping. And that's, that card abandonment rate is just something that um, we can help our customers with. Yeah, I was I was taking a look at, uh, just so our audience knows, uh, you guys have uh, graciously given us a freebie exclusively for our audience, and it goes over some of the na- numbers, and some of those numbers are just staggering. Like, 63% of com- consumers abandon carts because of high shipping costs. 
Um, you know, like why is that and what can the retailers do to help minimize those lost sales? I mean, we talk about free shipping. We talk about going up against Amazon because they're offering free shipping. Is it really the free shipping? Is it, you know, a flat, you know, lower price for shipping? I mean, it's, it's really something that retailers are struggling with and trying to get right. It's that secret formula to help, um, you know, minimize those abandoned carts, right? Yeah, I mean, that's a really surprising stat, and it's a very telling stat as well. Um, with shipping, there is really no one-size-fits-all. So what we've seen is some people are able to offer free shipping. Um, other people offer free shipping in a certain order value, and that makes a lot of sense as well because then you can encourage people to buy a little more on your store in order to hit that minimum free shipping threshold. So that's a good incentive for um, customers, for, your, for the e-commerce store's customers as well. And I think for us, it's, or what we've seen is it's really about setting customer expectations right early on. So customers don't want to be surprised at checkout um, by a shipping cost that they didn't expect. So I see e-commerce stores doing a really good job just being up front with, like, a banner saying free shipping on all items or free shipping on items, um, free shipping if you buy more than $100. It's just something where you need to set expectations right early on so that when people get to the checkout page, they're not seeing something they did not think about before. Excellent. I got another question here from SMEs to large retailers. There's a real divide in terms of whether the retailer or consumer should be paying for shipping. Why do you think that is? Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, like what most people don't realize is that free shipping is not actually free. Someone needs to pay for shipping and the consumer, like all they think about is free shipping. They don't see that it actually eats into the margins of the e-commerce stores. So depending on the size of the e-commerce store, they're able to like deal with that um, shipping cost eating into their margins. Or sometimes it's people making an actual living and they need to optimize for their margins, making sure that their company and their, their financials are healthy. So I guess it really depends on like what the e-commerce store is trying to achieve. And Amazon is trying to grow as fast as possible. Um, and free shipping eating into their margins is something they're okay with in, in order to fuel more growth. Other e-commerce stores can't really offer that. Um, but at the end of the day, like, someone needs to be paying for it, and either shipping is baked into the price of the product already, so the product is, made, is being made a little more expensive um, in order to account for the free shipping, or it's broken out at a, as an extra line item. Yeah, so I completely agree with you that it needs to be uh, done, you know, at the very beginning, you know, set your expectations to your customers as to whether you're going to expect them to pay for shipping, if you are, how much, if there's, you know, a certain amount of product that you have to buy before you can get free shipping, or if you get free shipping right from the get-go. And we talk about... um, After that, like, customers, they love simplicity. So if you can offer like a flat shipping fee, it's always $5 or always $7, just making things as simple as possible. So um, the end customer doesn't really need to think about it. 
Yeah, that's a really great point. And then we're talking a lot about Amazon. I mean, we talk about the fact that they do have free shipping, but I've just done a lot of purchasing recently. I've done most of my holiday Would shopping. Would that be for Christmas? I was going to say. <laughs> I've done a lot of my holiday shopping online. And I'll tell you, I mean, it depends what product that you're buying from them. Um, but really, they only offer the free shipping from from what I can see. If you're signed up for their Amazon Prime, and their Amazon Prime actually costs money monthly, is, isn't isn't that right? Yeah, that's correct. So Amazon Prime. Um, I don't know the exact cost per month, but you're basically paying a membership to Amazon Prime so that you get free shipping on selected items. Yeah. So essentially, when they do promote and they <laughs> say that it's free shipping, but you end up paying yes. for it somehow. Yes, I, I see what you're saying. But then most of the customers, they don't think about it at purchase any, at, at the point of purchase anymore. They pay, they pay that monthly fee, and then it gives you the feeling as if everything else is free. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, it's all in the marketing approach. I think you mentioned a little bit earlier um, that it's you know got a little bit to do with marketing as well because it's all in the perception of how somebody you know really takes a look at the free shipping and what free shipping means. So I think I just thought it was an interesting point to bring up. Anyways, yeah, so, no, I, I agree, I agree, and it's it's for sure all about marketing. And I'm I'm a fan of being very transparent with the customer as early on as possible, just minimizing the sort of like unexpected surprise or bad surprise at the end of the shipping experience, uh, at the end of the purchasing experience. The customers don't want to see something they didn't expect um, at checkout that they then need to pay for. All right. The the next question I have is uh, hyper-local deliveries. What exactly is a hyper-local delivery? Yeah. So hyper-local is um, a new trend. It basically says it basically means same-day delivery in a certain city. So it has gained quite a lot of popularity in the last couple of years. And I think Uber is dabbling in hyperlocal as well. Um, it's same city, it's intra-city. So you can ship from one, like, within the same city, um, within the same hour. Even. Within the same hour? Yes. So an Uber, an Uber driver would come by, get your package, and bring it. To wherever you want it to be, as long as it's in the same city. And it's most of the time it's also on demand, so um, you can schedule a delivery or a pickup whenever you want. Is this something that uh, Shippo is getting into or already does? Yeah, so we are integrating, or we have integrated Uber Rush, which is Uber's hyperlocal delivery partner, delivery arm. And, um, yeah, so we're offering that to our customers as well. The interesting thing is that hyperlocal is one of many. So we're seeing the market being more fragmented. Like, there, if you want to work with a hyperlocal shipping provider, you'll certainly also need to work with a national shipping provider or an international shipping provider. Um, so as the market becomes more, um, like, as the market becomes more fragmented, the more ship will make sense. And is that in all cities or just select cities? Yeah. So right now we have hyperlocal in, I think it was New York and San Francisco. Um, but as customers start asking for hyperlocal more and more, we'll go into other cities with those shipping providers as well. 
And uh, how's it going for you? Like, are you are you seeing an increase in demand for hyper hyper local? Um, yeah, we are we are seeing that people are getting excited about this. At the same time, hyper local is still quite expensive, so um, these newer shipping providers haven't figured out a way to make it as competitive as, let's say, USPS or FedEx. And even the USPS, they can ship within the same city um, overnight. And that's, like, it's not same day, but it's overnight, and it's a lot more affordable. So we do, we still see that most of our customers are looking for, um, looking to optimize around cost, and that transit time is, like, the factor after cost. Wow, that's so fascinating. I love hearing about these different, different avenues and, and things that everybody yeah, is, you know. Yeah, it's really interesting. The shipping space, like, there's a lot going on. Um, we've also seen, like, that's, Independent, independent of hyperlocal, but we've also seen Amazon using regional shipping providers really successfully. So OnTrack, for instance, is a good example of a regional shipping provider here in California, and regional shipping providers are very specialized on um, the part of the country that they're serving. So in that part of the country, they're able to offer like either the fastest or the sh- cheapest shipping experience. So crazy. Anyway, so I'm uh, going to get back to sort of the shipping experience. What are the side effects of a negative shipping experience? I mean, we talked about how shipping is a big component of online customer experience. So what what would be the, those effects of a negative shipping experience? Yeah, so I mean, shipping for sure influences customer loyalty. So an interesting aspect is that e-commerce stores, they don't really control the shipping providers, but from customer perception, it's the same thing. So if they buy on a store and a shipping provider loses their package or delays their package, it influences their perception of the e-commerce store in a negative way. They don't care if it was the shipping provider who lost it. Like, the e-commerce store is the one who is suffering from that. Um, so... Yeah, customer loyalty is is for sure directly tied to the shipping experience. Um, Then, like, return is another big one. So customers, like, if there are no returns offered, um, that's another negative shipping experience that will affect what the likelihood of whether that customer is going to be a repeat customer or not. Um, What we also see is that tracking updates, um, are not being used effectively yet um, as a way to communicate with the customer. So, like, another negative shipping experience could be that customers don't know about the whereabouts of the package because they didn't receive a tracking update, and they just call the e-commerce stores and create a lot of overhead in terms of customer support when this could have been something solved really easily by just um, using the tracking number as a way to communicate with the customer more transparently. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So you just mentioned returns, and I was going to ask you, you know, what do you think is wrong with the returns process for most retailers? I mean, if it's tied to that negative shipping experience, if it's tied to the online customer experience, you know, what's wrong with the returns process that most most retailers do have? Yeah. So um, the problem with returns is, that is mostly something people overlook. So merchants think about getting their items out. They don't like thinking about how to get their items back. The hope is, of course, that the uh, 
that the customer wants to keep their item and is satisfied with their purchase. But then at the same time, 34% of customers say that they will only buy on an e-commerce site if they know that they can later return or exchange the item for free. Um, and then the flip side is that almost 60% of businesses don't offer a return shipping service at all. So, like, this is a huge missed opportunity that we see in the segment, uh, in, in the e-commerce market. Um, customers are asking for return options, and our, like, most of the e-commerce stores are not thinking about that yet. So, with returns, um, what we see is that a lot of our customers, they print, they deliver a return shipping label directly in the box, and that shipping label is not being charged for unless the customer is, looking is, is actually using the label to ship the package back. Yeah, and there's, I mean, I guess a lot of people don't really realize in the returns process, the retailer does have a lot of options with that product. You know, if the product's not defective and it's just returned because they just don't simply want that product anymore, it can be put back on the shelves. But then we know, I mean, in our business, a lot of returns that we get um, can actually be donated to charity. So, you know, it's also a missed opportunity from a marketing space and a marketing standpoint, I believe, that uh, depending on what their returns process is and what they do with those returns um, might be a feel-good story. It might be what the customers would want to know if, if they are, in fact, donating some of the product to charity. Yeah, for sure. I agree. I agree. Um, like, as with anything shipping-related, I think customers, like, marketing is a big there's a, there, there's a big marketing opportunity there, and the end customer, they just want something as frictionless as possible. They don't want to have to think about how returns work. That's why, like, we always recommend the, the merchant, like, putting a pre-print return label into the box already so that the end customer can just put that label back on the box and does not need to figure anything out for themselves. Yeah, that's a good point. One of the things I'm actually following or, or keeping an eye on is these drone deliveries. Is there any plan in the future that Shippo is looking to incorporating into that strategy, or are you guys going to try and stay away from that pretty coolness of drones delivering packages? That's a really interesting space, and I've been following that space as well. Um, I'm, I'm fascinated by that. Uh, I think... The market is not ready yet, um, so it's not ready to be commercial just yet. There are still a lot of policies to develop. At the same time, like, Shippo's platform is um, carry agnostic. That means that we don't prefer one shipping provider over another. We integrate with whatever shipping providers our customers are asking for. So that's why we integrated the same-day delivery providers or the hyper-local delivery providers. Um, our customers were looking for an option like that, so we integrated one. And that'll be the same for drone delivery. So as soon as we see the technology is ripe and we hear from our customers that this is something they would like to offer to their customers as well, like we'll for sure go into that space, and I'm really excited for that. Awesome. Yeah, I think I think uh, Nick's pretty excited about that space, too. That would be a dream job, <laughs> flying drones to deliver packages. Come on. I guess they would have to figure out, though, if we do go the drone route, how are you going to do returns? Well, like a drone I'm comes hoping back. the drone would come back and, like, you strap it on the little carrier <laughs> thing and it takes off again. Like, honks at you, hey, I'm here, and then you come out with a package, it picks it up. 
or almost like that claw machine that they got at some like uh, like restaurants or whatever, and just pick it up. Oh, we'll try again and next fly time. Fly away, and then just fly away. I'm telling you. Yeah, I guess there's a few things that need to be worked out with with this whole drone theory. I do want to be a pilot. I'm colorblind, so I can't be a proper pilot. But at least I could fly a drone. So. Um, I guess that sort of takes me to the last point we, before we get into maybe the future of e-com and, and what's next for Shippo. So we've talked about some of the great things um, about e-commerce shipping and online customer experience, but we've also talked about, you know, the negative shipping experience um, and some of the negative uh, things that maybe retailers are doing to um, for them to have those abandoned carts and, and things like that. So what is Shippo doing to work with retailers to solve some of these issues? Yeah. Um, so there are two aspects of this. Um, the one part is the relationship with the shipping providers, um, so the commercial side. The other part is the technology side. So on the technology side, we're, we're a technology company. Um, that's our number one focus. So we make sure that the technology is really easy to use that with a simple connection you can use to take, like you can connect to all different shipping providers. You don't need to interact with the technology of multiple shipping providers, but you just have one single interface and it's all very streamlined. And um, then of course, shipping is something that needs to be working at all times. Our customers freak out if, like they freak out if shipping or Shippo was down even for a couple of minutes. When like when shipping is down, either checkout is being compromised or like warehouses are standing still, and it's it's really scary. So we want to make sure that people don't need to think about any technology pain points, um, but can like focus on what they're really good at. Um, then the other part, the commercial side, is like having and maintaining relationships with different shipping providers, negotiating discounts, um, knowing what kinds of discounts they could qualify for. Uh, and optimizing between those rates and those discounts. That's really hard, and most of our customers don't have an entire logistics team in-house. So that's another like pain point we take away from them. We have our own logistics team that deals with the shipping providers. We make sure that we frequently renegotiate, always pushing for the best rates. Um, yeah, so it's just, you know, it's the technology part and the commercial part, these are things that are rather time-consuming for our customers to take care of themselves. And we want to be the experts in that space and to take away the friction from anything shipping-related. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds, like you ma- it sounds like you make it so much easier, especially for those SMBs just getting started, you know, anybody who doesn't really have that negotiation power. So where do you see e-commerce and online deliveries in the next five to 10 years? Where do you see some of those challenges that we might come across and face as we move forward? Please say drones. No. (laughs) (laughs) I I wish it was drones. I hope it's going to be drones as well. Um, So for us, like, shipping is not going to go away. It's going to grow together with e-commerce. Um, so, and then at the same time, our society is moving into like expecting more of an on-demand experience. So they will want they will want their items faster. Um, they want better communication. They want to be updated about the whereabouts of their package at, at all times um, because everyone has an iPhone with them or like a smartphone with them at all times. They want to receive these kinds of updates. 
then like globalization will make it probably a lot easier to purchase um, online from e-commerce stores that are across the world. That also means that you need to be able to ship from everywhere to everywhere. Um, yeah, these are some of the these are some of the trends that we're seeing. So it, that translates into like retailers will be looking for faster delivery. Um, they will still want to save money as e-commerce grows, and um, then people will want to know like how to use the shipping data in a more effective way. Um, shipping data across all different customers, but then also just making sure that we're using the data to give our customers better recommendations around, you know, the most optimal box sizes, the most optimal shipping providers, um, the more accurate transit time. Um, and then, like, last but not least, like, with, well, Amazon making or bringing Amazon Prime into more and more countries, um, like, that expectation that free shipping as, an, as a default expectation will really become the next standard. So how can we make sure that other new entrants into the market um, are able to offer a similar experience without having to eat all the costs? Yeah, absolutely. That's a really great point. So finally, I mean, we're coming to the end of the interview, but what's next for Shippo? Yeah, so we've been growing the team pretty fast. I think three months ago we were 25 people. Now we're 45 people, and I'm really excited to be working with everyone here. Um, so for us it's been all about growth. We're trying to ship as many packages as possible. The opportunity in this space is that it's a huge space and it's very inefficient. Um, at the same time, to be significant in this space, we need to ship, and we need to have a significant shipping volume. So that's the one metric we're focusing on at all times. Um, we also really believe that this is going to be a global business. So I do want any e-commerce store, no matter where they are, no matter where their customers are, to be able to use our technology um, to get their packages to their customers. I really think e-commerce shouldn't know any physical or geographical borders. Um, yeah, so we're, we're about growth and hopefully soon also about more. Awesome. We're, we're so excited to see where you're going. I mean, that's all the time that we have on the show today. I'm so glad you were able to join us. I mean, I originally heard you on uh, Nathan Latka's podcast, The Top, and just thought Shippo was so, Shippo and yourself was so interesting. And I, I'm really glad you gave us the time and, and had the time to come on the show today. So, um, Shippo has given us a free resource just for our audience. It's jam packed with so many more details on the state of shipping. So, make sure you go to our website, twobabestalksupplychain.com to grab a copy. Thank you again, Laura, for joining us and sharing your insights with us today. And be sure to check out their website at goshippo.com. Thank you so much. Most out of your supply chain and keep the orders moving efficiently. IceCorp is your supply chain specialist, and they specialize in e-commerce, retail, and dropship distribution. They will provide you with tailor-made solutions that will drive your business and sales forward. To get your free assessment, visit them at icecorplogistics.com and check out their learning center as they have some great free resources waiting for you. There you have it, folks. 
We have a lot of work to do when it comes to mastering the art of online deliveries and returns. Remember to check out our free resources on our website that will give you all the stats on how you can improve your customer experience. I would like to thank Laura today for joining us and sharing all her insights into the world of online deliveries. Next week is another powerful episode about Omnichannel, the future of made-to-order with Joseph Ford from Indochino. Remember to subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Follow us on Insta, LinkedIn, and Twitter. We are your hosts, Sarah and Nick. This episode was produced by Mike Mazurik. I would like to send my love out to all of you. Thanks for listening. And just remember, people, ship happens. And have a happy holidays and New Year. There you have it, folks. This is my first time doing this. No. Three, two, one. There you have it, folks. We have a lot to work to do when it comes with... We have a lot... What did I say? I said two. A lot to do. A lot to do. Three, two, one. Okay, we're already 40 seconds in and I haven't even started yet. Next week is another powerful episode. Episode? Episode? Fancy word for episode. That's like how you say episode when you go to university. Episode. Why? Why, Nick? Why?